ask for us. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to worship and praise you. Thank you for the good services we had today and the Lord speaking to my heart. I want to ask that you would uh, be pleased in our services tonight or that you would work as only you can and that you would get the, the glory for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's all turn to page number 411 tonight, and the uh, solid rock, page 411. <coughs> I
filling in this evening. Appreciate that. The talents that the Lord's given to her, she's doing much better. I appreciate yeah. that. It's uh, good that I told him, I said, I, I want to see uh, them play in our churches. And when they get married, playing, if they're serving here or wherever, uh, if they're serving with their pastor, I want to be a, a blessing to their pastor. And I said, you don't know how much uh, a pianist is a blessing to the pastor and to the church. And so uh, that's our whole purpose of getting them trained and uh, to, to be a blessing, not just because uh, they enjoy it, but to be a blessing to uh, the ministry. And to, so I, I hope that they'll use those talents for the Lord. Appreciate, uh, I, I just got to give a little shout out. I appreciate our young people, um, Brother Peyton and Brother Luke, and how they use their talents as well for the Lord. And, and uh, I tell you, that's, that's a blessing to your church. It is. And uh, even though they have to, they're so talented now, they're called all around the world to play. So it's hard to get them to come to our church. And, and then they don't bring their guitars or, or anything. They just, they just come to enjoy the service. But I try to get them to bring their guitars and stuff like that and play. But, you know, it's hard to get... I'm just teasing. They, they, I appreciate their talents and them using it. And I know if I said, Luke, Peyton, I want you to play a special, they would play a special anytime I ask them to, and I appreciate their willingness to do that. So I do appreciate you being here tonight and uh, had a good service this morning and uh, did get an update on the service time for uh, Miss Judith this coming Saturday. It's going to be this Saturday, and at 10 o'clock is going to be, uh, she's going to be cremated uh, but they are asking anybody that wants to come an hour before the service, they can come. They're going to have a video being played and things like that and some music softly played in the background. Uh, but that's going to be 10 o'clock this Saturday. The service time is going to be 11 o'clock. It will be here at the church. And then afterwards we're going to have a meal prepared for uh, all those that are here. And so if you can help out with the meal, please see Miss uh, Melinda. She's going to he head that up. And church will provide chicken and we'll probably get a ham as well. Uh, but if you want to bring some side dishes and desserts uh, to be a blessing to this dear family, they have such a bit. They, I'm telling you, this family is a blessing to our church. They do a lot of things behind the scenes, and uh, not they don't want to be recognized for it. Uh, but they've been a blessing to me as a pastor and to this church. And a lot of times you don't even know. Miss Kimberly's in the background working her heart away. I mean, she is very busy doing things for the church, and so it'd be a great blessing if you could help out and uh, be assistance. Uh, and pray for pray for him. Um, uh, pray for Brother Sean. Um, he's you know uh, it takes Brother Travis and I was talking about this. It takes a special person to adopt someone. Brother, if for you that don't know, Brother Sean and his brother were adopted, and uh, uh, Miss Judith is, loved them like her own. And so uh, you you uh, pray for Brother Sean. He's he's uh, doing okay, but uh, I know inside he's hurting. And so I ask the church, you pray for the McGinnises, pray for the boys, for Josh and Caleb and Eli and uh, Haley, and pray for Miss Kimberly. Um, she, she's, she's having a difficult time, too. She's the one that really keeps the, the oil, or keeps it oiled. It's a well-oiled machine, and she's the one that keeps it running. And so you keep her in your prayers. And they've got a lot of, uh, the biggest thing, and I, I, maybe I'm saying too much, but the biggest thing, pray for Brother Sean, his job. Uh, they're not being really uh, kind. I mean, it's just because th that he's so valuable at his job. I mean, there's they don't have someone to to fill in for him, and so he's had a why he's sitting there holding his mama's hand. They're they're calling him and, and needing his assistance, and uh, 
this is the time he needs to be with his, his mama. And uh, so they, they, they just... Just pray for him. I, I know they're going to want him to come in tomorrow. He's got so much paperwork and so much stuff to do. And, and this is heavy. And anybody that's ever experienced this kind of stuff, you know what it's like. And so I would ask that you remember them in your prayers this week. All right. Uh, we're going to be in Second Peter chapter number 3. 2 Peter chapter number 3. The Lord spoke to my heart about this message. And uh, we may get through it all tonight. We may not, just depending on how the Lord works. But... Second uh, Peter chapter number three, and we're going to start in verse ten. The Bible says in Second Peter chapter three, verse ten, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burnt up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you be? in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being uh, on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to, uh, to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing to ye look for such things, to be diligent that ye may be found in him in peace without spot and blameless. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for the opportunity we have to come together and just to open up your word. And Lord, I pray that you would give us exactly what we need tonight. Lord, I do ask that you be with the McGinnis family now, that you would comfort them. Lord, be with the Land family as they are also in time of bereavement. Lord, I pray that you would just uh, just wrap your loving arms around these families and just take care of them as only you can. Lord, I ask that you would just uh, speak to our hearts during this message. Show us exactly what you'd have us to have. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want you to notice there again in verse 14 it says, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. The church of Je uh, Jerusalem serves as a model church, for, uh, as an example for us as a church today. Uh, what, and it's what serves as what God expects for us uh, to, to, to see in us. The church of Jerusalem was not a seeking after greatness, but uh, she attained it because each person, each member, done what God had them to do. And in the Bible, we see two extremes. We see the church of Jerusalem that was greatly used of God and uh, greatly blessed. And then we see the church of Corinth, um, which was the total direct opposite. The church of Jerusalem did the things right while the church of Corinth did the things that were wrong. And inside the church of Corinth, there was always problems. There was contention and carnality and, and uh, corruption and many other unchrist-like activities was going on. They were puffed up, the Bible says. And in fact, Paul wrote to them, he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, he says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able, for ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envy and strife and divisions, and are, not, uh, are you not carnal and walk as men? 
And Paul called them out and said, hey, listen, church, you're, you're walking as a, a church that shouldn't be walking this way. You're doing things uh, of the world and you're walking in wickedness. Now, the church of Jerusalem uh, was very different. Everybody was involved. They were interested, interested in what was going on. The members, they gave, they prayed, uh, they witnessed, they worked in unity. Now, which church do you want us to be at Putnamville Baptist Church? A church like Jerusalem or a church like Corinth? Well, for me, I want us to be a church like Jerusalem. I want us to be a church working in unity and harmony and uh, where people are invested and interested in the things of God and in the things of the church. May we walk and talk and be like a church that is pleasing to God. And that's the, the title of the message tonight, A Church Pleasing to God. That's what I want Putnamville Baptist Church to be, a church that is pleasing to God. In Acts chapter 4, verse 32, it says, And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart, one heart, and of one soul. Neither said any of them that ought of, had aught of the things which he possessed was his, but they had all things common, and with great power gave the apostle witnesses uh, the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. And that's what I want for Putnamville Baptist Church. You say, Pastor, what, what would you desire? My desire is for our church to be pleasing. And that's why I called your attention to 2 Peter chapter number 3. It says, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. And we present ourselves, listen, and we present ourselves, this church, as without spot and blameless and working in unity and having all things in common. And I want you to notice some things about this church in Jerusalem. They had a great purpose. Folks, we have a great purpose. We're working, we're serving the great God, Jehovah. I mean, we have a great purpose. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, 42, it says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Hey, they had a great purpose of communing together and, and lifting up each other and uh, exalting the Savior. You see, they did not see themselves there by accident. They, they knew that God had a purpose and a plan for them. Uh, and it wasn't just to fill up space. Folks, we need to realize our, our purpose in the church isn't just to come in and sit in a pew, uh, but it's to come in to serve each other and to, uh, to worship the King of Kings. We have a great purpose. I want you to notice this purpose was threefold. Number one, they, their purpose was to obey the Savior. In Luke chapter 24, verse 49, it says, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem. He told me, he said, I want you to wait here until the promise comes. Until the promised one comes. Until you be endued with the power from on high. That's what they were doing there at Pentecost. They were waiting for the power of God to come upon their lives. Obedience is a mark of greatness in anyone. You know, it's easy to listen, it's easy to say different things, but obedience is the key. Someone says this, that obedience is the key that unlocks the door to every profound spiritual experience. If we don't obey God, nothing else really matters. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22, And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices 
as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is a sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is his iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the words of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. We will never reach the heights of greatness as a church. We will never reach that until we are obedient to the Savior. Obedient. See, in determining the will of God, uh, the determining factor should be, is this what God wants for me? Is this what God wants for us as a church? You know, uh, to achieve greatness, we must follow Him in all areas, trusting Him. But then also they are there to obtain the promise. The Lord, after His resurrection and just prior to His ascension, said this in Acts 1.8. It says, But ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. The promise was that the Holy Spirit would come upon them and give them power to, uh, to, be, to proclaim the gospel to every creature, to the entire world. When the Spirit fell upon them, they were ready to do the work of God. Can I tell you, folks, we need to be uh, willing and ready for when the Holy Spirit deals with our hearts to be obedient and then to obtain the promise by which we go out and tell folks about the Lord. Then the, the next thing is they offered the gospel. They offered the gospel. In Acts 4.33 it says, And with great power gave the apostles witnesses of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Folks, there's, this is a, how we obtain the, the, the promise. We, we go out and we witness. God says that he would, he would endue us with power. He would, once the Holy Ghost has come upon us, you know, do you realize once you got saved, you have all the Holy Ghost you're ever going to get? You know, we need to be about, about the Father's business. What's, going to take, what's it going to take to, to be a church that pleases the Lord? Number one, we must realize we have a great uh, purpose. That purpose is to get the word of God out, to, to, to uh, obey, obey God and to proclaim his truth. The second thing is there, what made them great church is there was great preaching. I'm, just, I'm not talking about me as a preacher. I'm just talking about the preaching. It says, And with great power gave the apostles witnesses of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them. What is great preaching? Preaching that exalts Christ. Preaching that exalts Christ. The apostles declared the doctrine of the resurrection. That he was, that he's not in the grave. Folks, do you realize that? That we serve a risen Savior today. We sing about it. But do we really realize it? Do we rejoice in the fact that he's not in the tomb? That he's alive? Making ever intercession? He's standing on the right hand of the Father? See, why did they do that? Because he is the grand theme of the scriptures. Charles Spurgeon said this, Preach nothing down but the devil, nothing up but Christ. John the Baptist, he said it. He was one of the greatest preachers. He said it this, this way. He says, I must decrease and he must increase. The Apostle Paul, he exalted Christ. What is great preaching? Preaching that exalts Christ. Number two, uh, preaching that edifies Christians. The word edify means to enlighten or to benefit. Someone said, Speaking the truth is important. Speaking the truth in love is all important. Truth without love can become a club to beat the heart out of a church. 
You know, folks, we need to realize that. Yes, we there, sin cannot be avoided in being preached. We need to preach the whole counsel of God. If it, you know, ruffles your feathers a little bit, it's okay as long as it's done in love. The Bible says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the ears. This certainly applies to the preaching also. Anything that tears down instead of builds up should be avoided. Now, let me qualify this. Let me understand. Preaching against sin cannot be avoided. If, if God pokes your heart, folks, it's, it's God doing the work. Now, we're not to be, as preachers, I'm not up here trying to be ugly or mean. What I want you to do is draw nigh to God so he will draw nigh to you. The Bible says, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke with all long suffering and doctrine. In other words, the preacher should not make the pulpit a bullying pulpit and, uh, and lambast all his rivals, and, but to speak the truth in love. What is great preaching? Preaching that exalts a Savior and it edifies the saints, but thirdly, it exposes sin. Great preaching exposes sin. The church today must take a strong stand against sin, folks. We, you know what we're doing in a lot of churches today? A lot of churches, there's no church discipline, number one. People are just going, going through their lives, living in sin, and they're just, the church is just ducking their heads in the sand. Folks, when there's sin in your lives, it needs to be exposed, it needs to get right. Not so we can shame you and, and make you... Listen, it's not, that's not the purpose of it. The purpose is to get you right with God. A lot of times we've allowed, we've allowed the, the, the church to be unchecked and unchallenged. What did the Bible say? What was my opening? That we may be spotless and without blemish, blameless. You know, that's what the, God expects our church to be, one that is spotless. Now, when we allow sin just to go rampant in our church, guess what? We've got a spot on us. You may not agree with that, but that's Bible. And listen, folks, when we have things going on and we're not making our hearts clean and pure and holy for He is holy, we're not presenting Him a blameless church. What is it going to take for Putnamville Baptist Church to be a church that pleases God? We must have, realize we have a purpose. There must be great preaching. And thirdly, must have great power. The Bible says in Acts 4.33, uh, it says, And with great power. Now know this, that it's not me that has the power. It's not our deacons. I love our deacons. And I love me. And I love you. But it's not us that has the power. The power comes from Him. You see, the source of this power comes from the Lord. He's our source. I want you to notice great power. That word power, it, it means effectiveness. And it means that they, were, they had the ability. That's what that word is denoting here. And it gives them, and what he's saying, he's, he's, he's given them uh, the, the power to be effective witnesses, to, be, to enable them to be effective witnesses. The Greek word is dunamis. And uh, it, it, that's the word, you know what we get the word from? Dynamite. So when we are witnessing, it means that kind of power, that kind of the explosion power. That, that's what will be upon our lives. 
that will have that kind of power. And that's what the Bible promises us, that we can have that type of power. Imagine that, folks, if we realize we have that kind of power. Dynamite. You see, it was not our power, it's His power. And when we, when we think about His power, it's dynamite, it's powerful. You know, He's powerful to... to uh, he's our source of great power, but also the sustaining of great power. Those in the early church were filled with the Spirit and faithful in service. Don't you notice in Acts 41, 4 of 31, it says, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken, where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. Folks, I'm talking about great power. That they had. And I want our church to be that way. That we have, not that we're arrogant and we're mean and we're, uh, we're hate mongers and things like that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about having the power of God upon Putnamville Baptist Church. Now this, I want you to notice, this wasn't a second Pentecost here. This was uh, because there can't be a second Pentecost just like uh, there wasn't a nether Calvary. Okay. It was, it was a new feeling of the Spirit to equip the believers to serve the Lord and minister to the people. To sustain the, the great power of God, we must have a converted membership. We must have a clean membership. We must have a consistent walk. And we must have a continual asking, continual praying for power. And God, we need you. But then, so this, what's going to take for our church to be a church that pleases God? We must... Realize we have a purpose. There must have be great preaching. There must be great power. Then they had great persecution. Can I tell you, we know nothing about persecution today. I was talking to Brother West this week, and he was talking about a family that left his church. And, and uh, they got upset because of something that was said uh, about Catholics. And, and uh, uh, they, they left the church. And and because they, they said, well, the Catholic Church don't persecute. They, don't, they never have persecuted Christians. Folks, they did. Do some studying. Read Fox's Book of Martyrs. You'll notice. Brother Danny, you've read it. You know, you know the persecution that was happening. And we, we don't see the persecution in the Catholic Church in America today. But you go to other countries and there's still persecution. They're still telling Christians, don't read your Bibles. Because you're not spiritual enough. You're not spiritual enough to understand, so let me decipher it for you. Why? Because they don't want them to have the knowledge of Jesus Christ. They don't want them to know that. And there was a, someone that gave testimony that was telling about how they were raised in that. That their, their priests told them not to read the Word of God because they weren't spiritual enough. And she was saying how she was thankful that God saved her. And now she can read her Bible and uh, all this stuff. Well, that family left. And can I tell you... We don't know nothing about persecution, but it's out there today. It's out there today. They were persecuted because of their faith. They were persecuted. Any church or individual that lives for Jesus and follows him, we're going to face persecution. Maybe not now, but one day the church of God is going to face persecution like we've never known it. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.12, it says, If we suffer, we shall also reign with him if we deny him, he also will deny us. The Bible says in Acts 4.13, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. 
It was Peter and John's faith that moved them and manifested their love for Jesus in their lives. They believed and their belief showed itself in their lives. They were persecuted because of their fervor for God. Three times in this chapter you'll notice in Acts chapter 4, you'll notice it is found the, the, the word frankness, assurance, and confidence. I'll talk about the boldness. Hey, they, they had a fervor. Hey, folks, what if we had that fervor? Not, again, I'm not talking about being hate mongers and, and going out rioting like what's going on today. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about having boldness to witness and say, hey, Jesus loves you. And Jesus died for you. And he wants you to spend eternity with him in heaven. I mean, having a boldness about us. You know what, church? You know, what really saddens me is that the Mormons and the Jehovah Witnesses are putting the Baptists to shame. Because they're not, you know, Baptists don't go out and share the gospel with people anymore. We just think, hey, we come to Sunday, we go to church on Sundays, and that's my, my duty, and that's all I'm going to do. No, God has called us to be more than bumps on a log. He wants us to go out and share our faith and, and share the gospel with people. Now, I'm, not, I'm not saying we have to knock... Go out and spend every hour of every day knocking on doors. I'm saying when you're out, with, you're out at the grocery store and you're out at the post office and you're out here and just, just like the other day, the, the, the Hutchison's, they were having a yard sale and a, a lady came up to them and they invited them to come to church. And guess what? They came to church. They've been for the last two weeks. Praise the Lord. Be a witness where you're at. Be a witness where you're at. And, then, and I can guarantee you, they, I know the Hutchinsons well enough, they didn't beat them over the head. They just said, hey, I'd like for you to uh, come visit us at church sometime. I'm trying, trying to put them on the spot, but that's, that's just an example. Well, hey, folks, whether you're at a yard sale or whether you're at the grocery store, wherever the case may be, be a witness. Be a witness for God. But then I want you to notice the next thing is they had some great people. There in Acts 4.32 it says, And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul, neither said any of them that ought uh, of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. You know what the thing that I really love about this church, and I think this is something I think the Lord's pleased with, but I believe that we, when we, one of us hurts, we all hurt. I mean, I believe we have a loving congregation. That's probably the, the biggest compliment that comes to me, uh, that people come into this church and they said, your church was just such a friendly, loving church. It seemed like everybody loved each other. That's the way we ought to be, folks. But don't take it for granted. Folks, we ought to be caring for one another. Miss, the McGinnises are going through a hard time right now. Hey, yeah, let's wrap our arms around them. Show them how much we love them. Because guess what? There's a time coming when you're going to need that same love. You're going to need that same encouragement. And I'm, I'm just encouraging. I, I'm thankful for the great people that we have in this church. But I'm not taking it for granted. See, they had a love one for another. There in John 13 and 34 it says, A new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men that you know that you're my disciples if you have love one to another. The unity of these believers served as a powerful testimony. Someone has said, the height of our love, uh, love for God will never exceed the depth of our love for one another. One of the missing ingredients in many churches today is real love one for another. I'm seeing it. Folks, 
I've been to other churches, and you can see there's, there's divisions and schisms and contention, and you can see it, you can feel it when you enter into the church. And what I'm thankful for about our church is we got some good people that are just, they love one another. They love one another. But also, they had a sweet fellowship. The Bible says in Acts 2.42, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. Verse 46, And they continued daily in one, with one accord and the temple and breaking of bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Even though the membership had grown to over 5,000, the fellowship among the believers were still close. What's it going to take for our church to be a church that pleases God? We need to realize we have a great purpose and great preaching and great power. There's going to be persecution and there's great people. But the last thing is that there was, there was great praise. Folks, we, I want to be a church that praises Him. We need to lift up our voices and, and just praise the Lord. That's why we have testimony services sometimes, not for the benefit of each other, but for just saying, God, thank you. Thank you, God. You're so, you're so good to us, and you're so worthy of our praise. Notice Acts 2.47 says, Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be, should be saved. We need to praise Him for His greatness. Folks, you realize, I, I don't know if you've got a hold of this or not, but God spoke the world into existence. That's how powerful of God we serve. I mean, Jesus, when the, the, the waves and the, the winds were boisterous, He spoke and said, be still. <laughs> I mean, that's the God we serve. I mean, he is, he is an awesome God. He is a God that can do whatever He wants, whenever He wants, however He wants, and wherever He wants. The Bible says in Romans 11, Oh, the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and His paths and His ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor, or who hath first given him? And it shall be recompensed unto him again. For of him, and through him, and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. He and he alone is worthy to be praised. We need to praise him for his greatness, but also praise him for his grace. The Bible says in Acts 4.33, great grace was upon them all. God's grace had enabled them to become the kind of church which they had become. It's going to take the same grace, God's grace, to, to keep us, to be, a, to be that church that is pleasing to God. Folks, I want to be a church like Jerusalem, a church that pleased God. I want to be a church that is lifted up when we are presented before an almighty God that we are without spot and we are blameless. Because of the grace we, we who believe are saved today. Because of His grace, we who believe can serve today. Because of His grace, we who believe are satisfied today. When we need to praise Him and say, thank you, God, for your grace. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your greatness. God, you're so good to us. Church, I want us to be a church that's pleasing to God. Don't you? I don't want to be a church that's puffed up and lifted up with pride and have carnality and contention and all kinds of worldliness. I want to be a church that is separate, different, 
than any other church. I want to be a church that pleases God. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. As Lizzie comes to prepare for our invitation, I want to invite you to 